We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to this edition of the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Kobe and Juan are busy this week, but we have a lot to talk about. And first things first, let's get started. Uh, The show is brought to you by our friends over at Apotheos Coffee. Let's see here. Yep, Apotheos. uh, DGDpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos. 20% of every bag that you buy using that link will go to the Classic City Collective. Also, we are joining back up with Alumni Hall. In the coming days, we'll have links. But if you go to the store in Athens, mention the DGD Podcast and you will get 10% off your order. Um. If not, you can always find more and shop at dgdpodcast.com forward slash alumni hall. The main question for today is, will UGA three-peat? And it's never been, I don't think it's ever been done. Uh, So Georgia could make history. And I'm here to explain why I think they can, and I think they will. Uh, But it's not going to be easy. It just, it won't be easy, but ultimately, um, I think Georgia can do it. And first things first, I think you have to look at uh, the schedule. I think we'll play the key parts here, uh, the factors into how Georgia can do it. Uh, First things first, the schedule. Uh, Let's look at the schedule. Uh, Listen, there's some questions that we'll talk about, but the schedule, uh, listen, we know the schedule. yeah. Oh, okay. So TriStar is in here saying the last time was Minnesota in the thirties. Do we really count that? It's up to you. But I mean, regardless in the modern era, it has never been done, but the schedule, you start things off UT Martin, then ball state, then South Carolina at home. Uh, UAB comes into town. So you go your, a, a third of the, a third of the season in a row at home. Right at home before heading to Auburn and Auburn, we know is tricky, 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 tricky. Um, it's just, it's Jordan hair. It's been on a voodoo graveyard for some reason, but 
you know, you, you host Auburn and we'll see what Hugh Freeze brings to the table. Uh, then you come back and Kentucky comes into town and you follow that up with a trip to Nashville, right? Uh, red out Nashville. Uh, you have a bye week and then you go to the cocktail party right down in Jacksonville. Then Missouri and Ole Miss come to town. The hardest game, in my opinion, on this schedule is at Tennessee, uh, and then follow that up with a trip to Atlanta uh, to own the state for another year. Um, listen, the schedule is, in my opinion, very weak. I think no one can question. Um, Auburn is a trap game. Uh, listen, you're not going to say that I can't – I'm not going to tell you that it's not because anytime you go to Jordan-Hare, anything can happen. It's just the way that goes. Um, so it very well could be, um, you know, you got four outside of South Carolina, which I think Georgia handles very well, uh, easily wins that game. You got four games where, right. You got four games at home, uh, first true road game for whichever quarterback starts, which we'll talk more, uh, talk more about here in a little bit. Um, it, it sets itself up if you're not careful for a trap game, but I, I ultimately think Georgia's going to handle themselves. Uh, as as Pat says, war damn pigeon. Um, and, and also, while while I explain, feel free. I set up a poll. Uh, I want to see what the answers are for this. Uh, will UGA three P? Uh, so answer that question amongst yourselves. Drop us in the comments as well if you you know why you think they will or will not. Um, you know, listen, all fan bases are welcome here right now because uh, we're about to fall on our shit. This is as simple as that. But. You, you look at the schedule, like I said, you got seven home games, right? And, and there's really not an opponent that you're necessarily worried about. You could look at Tennessee. Uh, and listen, Tennessee, depending on how things go, um, you know, can definitely – that could be a easy marquee matchup there uh, as the season winds down. Um, obviously, there's a lot of season before that, which is it's different. But, it, you know, it also bodes well for Georgia, giving them enough time to – you know, to go through the season and, and get these guys up and, and running and develop, especially the quarterbacks, uh, whichever one starts. Um, ultimately, though, I think the schedule bodes well for you to get back to Atlanta. I, I do think you have to take care of business in Neyland. But if you do that, there's no reason for you not to get back to the SEC championship, which ultimately means that you should more than likely go to the playoffs unless something drastically bad happens. But I don't necessarily see that. Um Pat says they definitely can. It will be determined by the atmosphere and distractions. Was Kirby's good about keeping away? Yeah. Now, Kirby's done an excellent job at, at distractions and not letting them impact the team. Um, you know, obviously, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, no, I think right, I think the schedule sets up well to get you to Atlanta uh, and into the playoffs. I, I just feel that way. Uh, once Georgia – if Georgia gets into the playoffs, anything can happen. So, I think – right, like that's a – Obviously, we don't necessarily know who's going to be in the playoffs, which kind of leads me to my second portion of why I think Georgia can do it. You look around the state, like the whole state of the NCAA, right, in the state of college football, your main teams that you're are, are generally your players, right, your playoff contenders, Break, breaking in new quarterbacks, right, breaking in new quarterbacks. Uh, Tristar says he feels that the environment at Neil will be too much. Uh, listen, I'm not saying that it can't. Um, when you look at right, whichever quarterback starts, uh, my opinion is Carson Beck, right? It'll still be his first year, and, and that'll be a true road environment. That'll be probably one of the most hostile environments he'll ever experience. 
at Georgia for sure. Um, so you have to keep in mind that. But I do think uh, TriStar will explain a little bit more too. There's multiple answers to this, multiple pieces to this, I guess you could say. Um, but the the second one is the state of college football, right? You look at uh, Tennessee, right? Tennessee, just within the SEC, Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, obviously, Georgia is one as, as well, uh, breaking into quarterbacks, right? And, you know, Georgia also, you have to break in a technical, a technically a new offensive coordinator, but, you know, we'll see what, we'll see what it looks like. But w- when you take Tennessee, you take Florida, you take, I mean, like really well, the only opponents we really have, well, Kentucky's got a new quarterback, um, you know, South Carolina is the only one in the East I believe that has um, a return of quarterback, and that's Spencer Rattler. Um, yeah, I think that's that's yeah. So you do you deal with that? Um, you know, in the West, like I said, Alabama is breaking in a new quarterback, right? Whether it's Milrow or Ty Simpson. Uh, but then if you break out of the SEC and you look around, Clemson, new quarterback. Um, just just think of it. Uh, Texas will have a figured out situation. Uh, Oklahoma, could, you know, depending on how you look at it, Oregon it brings back Bo Nix. Uh, Ohio State, right? Ohio State is breaking in a new quarterback. Michigan is returning, guys. So, you know, Michigan, it could play here or there, right? I think, you know, just out of the contenders, there's a lot that are replacing starting quarterbacks. Um you know, now how that plays out every, every, the season just had to play itself out. But, you know, when you look around that, Georgia's not the only one replacing a quarterback. So, you know, Georgia also has the ability to rely on a defense that is arguably the best in the nation. Right. So there's a, there's a benefit to that, you know, when you're breaking into quarterback, having that kind of defense. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about that. You know, but with, with all these quarterbacks, right, all these teams going through quarterback changes, what does that look like? What does their seasons look like, right? Uh, Alabama and Texas play in week two. Uh, obviously, I'll know the last week you have uh, Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, you know, Clemson's got to play Florida State. Uh, even LSU, if you want to look at them, uh, Florida State plays LSU, uh, Oregon and Utah, USC. Now, USC bringing back Caleb Williams is an arguable threat. But as long as Alex Grinch is a D.C. there, I'm not worried. They don't play defense. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, USC still got to go through Oregon and, and really a lot of good quarterbacks, strangely enough, in the Pac-12 this year. Um, now, what teams play out, we'll see. But, you know, it's Pac-12, well, they cannibalize themselves. Big Ten, you know, you got new coaches at Matt Rule, uh, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. How does that trickle in and, and impact the Big Ten, right? With Everybody knows typically the winner of the, uh, the last season of – you know, the Big Ten with the Michigan and, and Ohio State rivalry there, whoever wins generally wins the Big Ten. But you also can't count out Penn State here. Uh, Penn State bringing in Drew Aller, uh, that's a good quarterback. And I think it honestly might be an upgrade from Sean Clifford. Uh, and there's a lot of experience on the defense for Penn State. So Penn State could be a, a wrench in the Big Ten too. So we have to keep in mind that. But obviously there's a ton of season. Uh, all these all these uh, teams breaking into quarterbacks, things like that. What is that going to do? How who's that could that could drastically change who's in the playoffs if Georgia were to make it to the playoffs again? Uh, Georgia coming back to back national titles though. If it, listen, if Georgia's a one loss team, I don't see a I don't see a situation where they where they're not in. 
just the Georgia's at a situation now where two law, uh, two back-to-back titles will get you in. It's kind of the Bama, Bama privilege, excuse me. I think Georgia's hit that spot, but uh, that's just my thoughts on that. Uh, Pat says Georgia's five and one in the playoffs. Yeah, um, and it was damn near close to going six. Just gonna leave that there, uh, six and zero. Oh. But you know, hit the pass is the past. Uh, yeah, part three to this, right? Part three to this. Um, again, you know, you've got a, a new quarterback. We we talked about all these quarterbacks, and Georgia's going through that as well. So we have to account for that. But the personnel that Georgia returns on the offensive side of the ball will help whichever quarterback it is get spun up on top of the schedule. It will help those guys get spun up, get them going, and get him comfortable in there. Like I said, I think Carson Beck is the guy, so I'm going to assume that Carson Beck is the guy through the season. Regardless, we've seen a, we've seen in a small sample size what he's able to do: read the defenses, things like that. We saw that you know we saw it against Oregon, we saw it against TCU. He can make plays, but now you're asking him to, if he, like I said, assuming he's a starter, you're asking him to be the full-time guy. And, and that's always going to be a big question mark because it's the quarterback position. But when you have the guys that you do around him in the form of Brock Bowers and Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett and Lad McConkey, Kendall Milton and Dejon Edwards, Branson Robinson, uh, Arian Smith, right? And then you got Cedric Van Pran coming back. You've got right. You now obviously I think depending on the situation, what, what the tackle spots right through spring practice are, you could very well have Austin Blasky. You could have um, Tate Ratledge and um, um, Amarius Mims on the right side, right center to right. You know you got Xavier Trust there. You've got Michael Morris there. Uh, the offensive line will wear, uh, work itself out, but you have to believe that all those guys are NFL ready guys. Uh, obviously, you want to build the cohesion and the and the uh, and and the chemistry there by playing, but that is the way to do it. Uh, so you sit there, you start off with the schedule, you let these guys get in. You hell, you might see a lot of rotation. By the way, uh, you know, obviously you're going to see rotation in the receivers and the tight ends. Uh, you're going to utilize that. Running backs will get run a lot of them. Uh, you know, I don't even. You might see some offensive line switch, but. If you're trying to work in a new tackle and things like that, you might want to hold off and just let those guys get the chemistry and build that up, especially when it comes down to conference play. Going to Auburn, especially going to Tennessee, uh, you know, you definitely want to be ready for those guys. And listen, don't count out South Carolina. What I mean by that is, you know, South Carolina lost a lot on defense, but I still feel like it could be a trap game a little bit because you've got two teams that you should eat, you know, you don't want to watch what happened last year in the sense of coming and sleeping down, right? Sleeping, you know, sleepwalking through games. I don't think Kirby needs to let that happen this year because it's so easy to look at our schedule and say, yeah, you know, things like that. You cannot allow that kind of complacency to come in. You just can't do it, especially with a new quarterback, especially, you know, breaking in a couple, you know, new linemen potentially. You can't allow that to happen. You can't do it. You cannot do it. The per- offensive personnel will help the quarterback, Carson Beck, in my instance, 
help him get comfortable, get him understanding the offense. Listen, I think he understands the offense as it is. It's just a matter of execution. So you've got the guys to go out there and execute. Our guys are should be better than most other guys that we play all the way up until the playoffs. Let's just say that, right? Okay. So obviously the offensive personnel that we are returning uh, should easily make that a smooth transition from, you know, losing Stetson Bennett. Uh, Joe Huff says, I think we'll be better in 23 than in 22. Dogs are very capable of doing it again. Not saying we will, but very possible. Yeah. I mean, I think we will. I think we will. I, I mean, what confidence level is to be determined, right? Because we just don't know. It's still way too early. But I, there is a, I, I think there's a good chance that Georgia will do it. And, and we're, obviously, as the show goes on, we're breaking it down the case here. We're making the case. Um, also, Smash that like button if you haven't. It does a lot for the show. Uh, Joe says it'll be nice if we can stay healthy. Last few years we've done it with top talent out for most of the season. Yeah, it's crazy when you look at guys like uh, like Nolan Smith and you know it's just interesting to see how like his loss. You know, I thought it was going to be a, a detriment. It turned out you get guys like Michael and uh, Chas Chambliss some run and, and see what they're made of, right? I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, Kirby has to stay in attack mode. No more Mizzou type games. Yeah, well, it kind of speaks back to uh, to the complacency. Um, being a young time, uh, being a young team last year, I think that's what we look at. Uh, ultimately, we got we got uh, away with it, but you have to be careful with that too. Because if we if you lose one in the regular season, uh, you have to be careful, right? We we kind of know this, um, but yeah. As I said, my orange crush, mm, good stuff. But yeah, so we talked about offense personnel, but keep in mind the defense just got a year older too. And the defense, I think part four of this, right, it's still tagging into the personnel, but I guess you could say 3B. The defensive personnel, the key, the key return, uh, the key returners, things like that. The defense, the defensive personnel will help the quarterback situation uh, as well which will ultimately help our team. And when you look at that, right, you look at, you look at the depth that we have with, I mean, starting at D line, you've got, you've got a, a, a bunch of guys. Now who's going to step up and replace Jalen Carter. Who's going to do that. Uh, you look at Warren Brinson or Nazir Stackhouse. Uh, you know, you look at Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, uh, Jordan Hall could be in there. Kristen Miller, uh, I mean, you got so many options. Bear Alexander, I think, could definitely be a, a contributor uh, and a big one at that. But then you split off to the edge, right? You lose Robert Bill and Nolan Smith. And Robert, and, and you look at those guys, those were experienced guys. But you've got guys like Michael Williams and Marvin Jones Jr. You bring in elite freshmen, right? Elite freshmen with, with Sam Mpumba. And uh, Gabe Harris is another one. And then excuse me, uh, Damon Wilson, right? You bring those guys in, you expect to get some edge rush help and get to the quarterback. Uh, you look at the linebacker course set right now with Pop and Smile. You've got Jalen Walker in the fold. Then you've got Troy Bowles. You've got uh, C.J. Allen. You've got, uh, you know, Raylan Wilson on top of E.J. Lightsey, C.J. Madden, all these guys that have the ability to be extremely talented but the question is, how do you play them and where do they fit in, right? Which is a good problem to have when you have that kind of talent, right? The defensive depth is just ridiculous. 
Again, Georgia plays a softer schedule, so that allows the defense to handle business, right, and, and keep games, you know, from keep offenses from scoring so much, I think, which will allow the offense to, to get in the rhythm and do these things like this, ultimately just hand-in-hand, hand, right? Complimentary football, we talk about it all the time. Kirby Smart preaches about it all the time. It pays off. It wins you championships. So defense helps the offense. Vice versa, uh, you know, there could be a time where, you know, you ask on the offense to handle business. And I think with the offensive personnel, we have the ability to do so. Now, at the same time, what what it's going to look like is, is going to be interesting. But you have the ability. You have the running back stable, I feel like. You have, the obviously, the, the depth in receiving. There's so much quality talent. I feel like you can't really have a problem there. So there should be no issue there getting your way through the schedule. Uh, obviously, like I said, Tennessee being a big, big factor there. Uh, big factor in that game. But, um, you know, ultimately your personnel there I think is, is key too, right? Let's see here. All right, so you, you have your personnel, things like that right there too. But – Ultimately, I think there, you know, there are some questions, right? But I do want to take a quick break. And on the flip side of that break, we're going to pose the questions and how Georgia overcomes, right? How do they overcome those problems? So stick around. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And we're back. So obviously we're talking about some questions that Georgia has, right? And when you look at the personnel, Right. I, I definitely think that's a big factor. You have to replace some key guys. Georgia's been able to do that. Like this this past season, right? The same question was asked when you had five first rounders drafted. Now you're asking, hey, how do you replace these guys? Well, it's simple. Plug and play. Right. It, it all starts with recruiting. Kirby Smart, since he's gotten here, has been recruiting at an elite level, top three, top no no more than four since he's gotten here. 
that will that starts to pay off when you start to lose the amount of guys that you do. You lose Jalen Carter. You lose Keely Ringo, Nolan Smith, right? Stetson Bennett obviously is a big factor here. How do you replace them? Well, you've got four-star Carson Beck. You've got five-star Brock Vandergriff and another four-star in, in Gunnar Stockton having a quarterback competition to determine who's going to replace Stetson Bennett. Again, I, in this case, I think Stetson Bennett, the replacement for him, will be Carson Beck. We saw it. We saw what he did last year. I think he grows on a full season as the number one guy, and I think he has a good season, right? So Carson Beck, ultimately, you have to go out there and execute. Georgia is not in a situation where you have that kind of experience behind you as a fallback like we did in 2021. You have Carson Beck have a rough seat, uh, a rough week of practice. You see Stetson Bennett take over, and the rest is history. You go to run, take a run for two national titles. You don't have that fallback now if you're Georgia. Your quarterbacks have to figure it out, right? And none of them really have the experience. Carson has small amounts. Brock has hardly any, and then Gunner does not have any. So all these guys are young, inexperienced. But again, it all ties back to our key contributor, the offensive personnel around them. Well, should help them, you know, should help them move along and transition with the schedule and things like that. All these, all these things tie together, but it still falls on Carson Beck and the, and the quarterbacks to progress and execute when their numbers, right? When their time is, uh, whoever it is to go in and run the offense, you have to do that. You have to go out there and execute. So it's up to that. But then you look at the other situations where you're replacing two tackles. Right, McClendon and uh, McClendon and Roderick Jones are both leaving. So you have a Mary Smims. You could have a situation where you've got Austin Blasky slash Ernest Green for that left tackle. Right. So we'll see how that plays out. Right. Offensive line. You're you know this is one of these situations where you've got eight guys I think that can easily play. It's just a matter of what's the combo for the five to to start. And, you know, having that kind of depth is nice to have. But you still need to hit recruiting and recruit well there so that next year, because you're losing Cedric, you're losing Amarius Mims more than likely. You could lose Austin Blask if he has a good year, right? You have to now replace that. So, you know, obviously, if you're not familiar, Georgia gets a, a, a commitment from Malachi Tolliver yesterday, uh, Sunday. But... All right, you look at the 2024, and, and the 24 class isn't that great. It's just not deep with with offensive line talent, elite talent, right? You, you've got Monroe Freely, which from the 23 cycle, I think you got you hit. I think you got a good guy there. Just make sure he gets developed. But you got Ernest Green. It looks good. You know what is Bo Hughley going to do? Right, I think you look at all these guys like that. But if we're sticking to the eight personnel on the offensive line. It's up to Stacey Searles, five, find the right five offensive line-wise. If you do that, that's going to help with that's going to help the offense just run seamlessly, if you will. Uh, Tristar says, I think that y'all will have Gunnar Stockton as starting quarterback. You know, the through practice, though, the, the, the split seems to favor Carson Beck. I still think there's a nice competition going, though. I, I honestly – what I thought was a, more of a competition for the backup actually kind of seems it's a genuinely open competition. 
And I'm okay with that because if it forces each guy to compete as if it's their job to lose, you should see the best come out of them. And if you do, it's only going to be in good things for Georgia, right? It's only going to mean good things. Now, obviously, Georgia fans are curious, are, are we going to see the same thing with Bobo? And I think this is another key question mark, too, as we transition to these questions that Georgia has to overcome. What is the offense going to look like? Is it going to be the Bobo of old? Is it going to be an influx of Monken and Bobo? I think it could be a mixture. I think you have the key things like verbiage stay the same. Personnel could obviously you'll adjust that, but I think you see a, I think you see some 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 home run hitters from the running backs. That was one of the Bobo's things, right? When you have the guys that you did, right? When you go back to 2014, and I'm not comparing now and then in regards to personnel, but when you had Nick Chubb running for 1,500 yards, and he wasn't even the starter in 2014, you know that and the offensive linebacker in 2014 was nothing what we have now. In theory, right? in theory, this is why it comes down to execution on the field. In theory, you should be able to hit some home run hitters running the ball. But you cannot overlook the passing game. There's too much talent at receiver. So how do you do it? Do you see more of an emphasis on passing, or do you see the the running ball, the running game come back in and be more of an emphasis? Big questions to be answered. G day, you might not even see the full answer, right? And even into the season, what does it look like, right? Your schedule isn't necessarily the toughest. So do you, you know, do you see what looks like the same as without Todd, you know, the same as Todd Munkin coming back, right? It feels like Todd Munkin's back. Do you see a kind of an emphasis on the running game, right? Do you see conservative play calling? Do you see aggressive play calling? Big questions, you know, and obviously G-Day is going to be important for a lot of reasons. However, how, you know, I, I think we'll talk more about this later, but what, what should we expect, right? And honestly, I think we won't even see that, you know, uh, you might see that for bigger games, right, where, you come out throwing the ball more or like you just ground it, you know, just run the ball and just dominate, you know, who knows? But that's another question. I think, I think it will be fine. It's just, what will it look like? Right. Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, tough opponents, right? We, we, we looked at last season and you look at the situation around the SEC. You take a look at, Tennessee being a genuine threat to the SEC East, right? Before the before the matchup, Tennessee was right. Tennessee was number one for a reason, right? We obviously we discussed this and we thought that Georgia should have been the number one. Other people thought otherwise, and it was answered on the field between the hedges. However, you go to Neyland this year, and I know Tennessee fans are going to be out for blood, and you're breaking in a new quarterback. How is he going to? How is he going to handle a true road environment? Right. This this could be a situation where your defense has to really step up and, and shut shit down. And you might. This might be that might be a game where you if your defense can lock shit down, you can run the ball, or do you pass the ball with the talent you got? Because I remember a certain someone against Tennessee cooked him a little bit. And that was Dominic Lovett. 
but you've got quarterbacks that are comfortable throwing to spots in the field over the set uh, over the secondary over the safety's heads and they can get that ball in there very comfortably which bodes well for the vertical passing game when you have speedsters like Arian Smith and Anthony Evans and Yazid Haynes with the ability to create separation with guys like Lad McConkey and Dominic Lovett is your true ex Ra Thomas because I still feel like you need to go or or is it Marcus Resmi Jack Saint because I still think you have to replace A.D. Mitchell, and that's one of the key things to replace him is finding that go up and get the ball on a 50-50 ball, someone that you can trust to do that. Could Dylan Bell come out and make waves this season? Could Denylon Morissette be a guy? All these guys, all these rotating parts, right? If Juan were here, he would tell you he don't like this rotation. But, dude, there's so much depth at receiver. There's so many talented pieces. How do you handle that? How do you do, how do, you do that, right? That's kind of a, a double-edged sword there, if you will. It's just my thoughts. Uh, welcome to Neil. says, good morning, lost track of the time. Throwing the two trophies in there. Uh, you might need to go three. After we after this talk, we might get you pumped up. Uh, but no, as, as we get back to it, right? I think you look at right, the SEC. Uh, I think. See, so Tanil asked, wasn't Rosemary Jack Saint the one? Uh, one one was having up last year. I think he had mentioned the nylon uh, as a guy to watch out for. Um, maybe Marcus Rosemary, but I'm not sure. That's that's a one question. Look at that. I like it. I'll take that. Absolutely. How about that? But when you take a look at the SEC, kind of getting back on track here, though, when we take a look at the right, Joe Milton at quarterback, right, Tennessee showed that their offense can dominate, right? If you don't have the right guys on secondary and the things like that, we saw what Alabama happened to them, right? That's interesting piece to watch out for, right? But let's be honest. Florida, are we really worried about Florida? No. Vanderbilt? No, Clark Lee's doing a decent job there. Listen, five wins is impressive for them, but no. All right, Kentucky, they got they they lose Will Levis, bring in Devin Leary from NC State. How much of that plays an impact into Kentucky? Not enough, right? They lose what uh, what uh, Philip Chris Rodriguez too. So what does that look like? I just don't fear Kentucky like that. Uh, Missouri, uh, year two Luther Burden. Um, Still just don't know if it's enough, right? And now we have the fortunate where we don't go to Como, they come to us. So don't over don't don't sleep on them, but I still don't see it. Uh South Carolina, right? Spencer Rattler comes back, Juice Wells comes back, right? There's a lot of momentum there. But you know, South Carolina lost several key pieces too. Josh Van, Jordan Birch, right? Pickens, I think, is gone, Cam Smith. Uh, it's went to the draft, right? How is their defense going to handle business, especially in Athens this season, right? That's going to be key. Uh, but they do, you know, listen, anytime you bring back an experienced quarterback, like Spencer Rattler, in an offense, right, they're also breaking in a new offensive coordinator. But let's be honest, comparing our game against them uh, at Williams-Brice last year, that offensive play calling was atrocious. And anything should be better. So expect an upgrade offensively. Just don't see it being an issue. 
ultimately, right, I think Georgia will 3P, right? When you take a look at the situation, right, one, your recruiting has been elite, so you stockpile talent across the board at all your positions. Even if, even in the instance you replace a quarterback, you have three that are more than capable of getting it done. You compete to see which one it will be. Two, your schedule. Your schedule is easy. It should be doable, more than doable, to get you to Atlanta and get you into the playoffs. Should be the case, right? Three, right? You look at you look at the state of the NCAA in college football. A lot of major competitors in the national title hunt are replacing quarterbacks just like you. How does that play out? Things could happen. You could have new blood, if you will. So that's always that's a hit or miss. We don't know. Four, even with a new quarterback, you've got the personnel. Again, we talked about recruiting. Recruiting turns into your personnel and production and development on the field. You have the, the defense getting a year older, and you have a ton of guys coming back and be able to help the quarterback, whichever one it is, ease their way in to get comfortable in the system and operate and lead you back to the playoffs and back to a third championship. It is doable, folks. But there's a lot of season left to be played. We'll find out what happens, right? You got spring practices and everything like that. We'll see what happens. Um, but with that being said, we're going to wrap this thing up. And with that being said, have a great day and go, dogs. We will see y'all next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.